This is Sex Ed Debunked, a cross-generational podcast hosted by mother-daughter duo, Christine and Channing Curley, where we talk about all the things you learned or didn't learn in sex ed and where it all went wrong. From the abstinence curriculum to the monogamy myth and the vast spectrum of rainbow representation, we'll get real about sex positivity and catch you up on everything from proper anatomy to the holistic benefits of a great sex life. Tune in to Sex Ed Debunked wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, and welcome to episode six of Sex Ed Debunked, a podcast about comprehensive sex ed, sex positivity, and my personal disappointment when I found out Feel Good Inc. is in a sex shop. <laughs> We're your hosts, Christine and Channing Curley. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we'll be talking about the myth that being sex positive is radical. Ooh, radical. So before we we get into why it's a myth, I think we probably need to do a refresher on what it means to actually be sex positive. We use this term a lot on this podcast. We already have. uh, But now that we're doing a whole episode on it, let's operationalize to use the academic term. Very good. Very good with that. Um, (laughs) The way I personally... operationalized sex positivity and the way it's it's operationalized in the literature and the research is a couple of ways. One, being confident in who you are sexually. Two, having what they call sexual self-esteem, which is similar, but that also takes into account what they call sexual self-efficacy, which overall, taking away all the academic terms, it basically means that you can own your sexuality without guilt or shame. It doesn't point to any particular sexual activity, sexual behavior, sexual predilection. It's simply confidence in your sexuality without shame or guilt. So, I mean, at its core, then it just means being sex positive means that everyone, you know, regardless of gender, regardless of age, regardless of sexuality has the right to consent and pleasure and healthy relationships and confidence in their sexuality. Exactly. And what, however that is defined by the individual. So that doesn't seem like it should be terribly controversial, right? I mean, (laughs) honestly, I didn't think so. Um, But we had wanted to talk about positive sexuality that's been on our schedule to talk about this in the podcast. But your dad sent me an article from the New York Times that really kind of brought this to the forefront. And I felt that we kind of needed to address it sooner rather than later. Um, Because the article in the New York Times was an opinion piece. And it was entitled, Why Sex Positive Feminism is Falling Out of Fashion. And I felt that it was taking a negative spin on sex positivity. And I wanted to kind of correct that for not just young people, older people, all people, because um, the article suggested that sex positivity has come out of disfavor with the younger emerging adults set because it has taken on an aura of requiring women in particular to be hypersexual, to want everything, to want sex all the time, casual sex, kinky sex, all the whole spectrum, whereas sex positivity is really intended to mean being comfortable in your sexuality and not any type of requirement to be hypersexual or erotic all the time. And um, it troubled me that this opinion was out there Um, And I wanted to reframe sex positivity as something that we all can embrace as humans. So I think it's good here to talk a little bit about, and and I'll just touch on this because I 
studied women's studies um, in undergrad, but sex positivity or at least sexual liberation was a big part of second wave feminism. So second wave feminism had moved away from things like voting rights, which was very much first wave Mm -hmm. feminism and then focused more on, you know, sexuality, reproductive rights, um, just kind of women's agency in general. And so that's where this focus on women's positivity or or people with vulvas positivity about using um, their bodies for good and for pleasure. So sex positivity, to be clear, though, is not feminism explicitly. No, it's 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 its own construct. And so I think another thing that could be problematic with this article is why sex positive feminism is falling out of favor because it does sort of conflate the two and being sex positive and being a feminist are not necessarily the same thing. Um, And also the reason why sex positivity was a big part of the second wave of feminism was because it was a reaction to feminism or to anti-feminism that, you know, ignored the reality of women's actual desires and made women feel like they weren't allowed to be sexual beings. So one thing that came up in this article that I was definitely frustrated with when I reviewed it was the idea that it's all about erotic license, which is what you're talking right, about with, right. with kink and sex work and whatever. But it can be about it erotic can be, license. But there's a spectrum and it, it can go anywhere from erotic license and kink to on the other side of it, like just confidence in your sexuality or or confidence in your asexuality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about your own sexual identity and being positive about it. Sex positivity is an attempt to counter the culture around shame around sex and that's why it's applicable to men women all genders because what we're talking about here for for men is a sex positivity around sexuality is allowed to be emotional it's allowed to be about intimacy it's allowed to be about closeness the culture tells men that sex is supposed to be about you know wham bam thank you ma'am so sex positivity is not just a feminist thing it is most definitely a people thing mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah, so I mean, we'll share the link to the article, maybe, or we'll share the name of the article, but we don't want to give it extra clicks. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. But I think it's worth analysis. Um, and it is one of the biggest takeaways from the article that, you know, the points that they made was that, I'll just read a quote from it. It says, quote, liberal feminism, you know, tells young girls that hookup culture is liberating, conditioning them to think that if you don't have extreme kinks at a young age, then they're boring and vanilla and it encourages them to get into sex work the minute they turn 18. No, 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 no. that's just not true. Um, And I think (laughs) that's just a classic case of like, infighting about something that should be obvious. Like sex positivity, just the, even just the term in and of itself should be something that's not controversial. You should feel positive about your sex life or your lack of sex life and your sexuality or your lack of sexuality. Like it's just another instance of be confident in who you are. So sex positivity matters, but let's talk about why it matters academically, because I think that it always helps when there's a piece, an opinion piece like that out there to not just say like, no, that's dumb, but also like really get into (laughs) why sex positivity matters. It's obvious, you know, that it's good to view sex as a good thing, but why from an academic perspective? Well, from an academic perspective, there is a growing body of research. And a the, body, you say? Yes, I did. <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks for saying that. Um, but it's a research is very it's, it's it's making an effort to look at different sexual orientations, men, women, non-binary, and talk about issues like sexual satisfaction, sexual well-being, sexual self-esteem, and how those traits states impact 
mental health and psychological well-being. Not just a physical thing, not just, oh, sex is good, it feels good, it makes you happy. But having confident sexuality actually enhances the whole sexual experience from beginning to end. And one of the things to really point out is sex positivity does not point to any specific sexual act at all. Sexual behavior includes kissing, touching, just being next to someone can be sexual. So sex positivity doesn't have to embrace, oh, I like this kind of sex. I like oral sex. I like freaky deaky sex. None of that. Technical term. (laughs) But this article implies that so many, particularly young women, think that because of the porn industry, this is how they're supposed to be. This is what sex positivity means. And it's not what it means. It means sexual confidence without shame or guilt. And I'm going to say that over and over again, because it's really about letting go of what the guilt the society has placed on on all of us. I think, too, that, that the point you just touched on about like young women or you know young people, sex positivity also is cross-generational. It's not, it's not just for 18-year-old girls. No. <laughs> like, no. And that's a really reductive way that the article has approached it, too. Is it's, I mean, you. this is what your, your research was on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you a little story. So I was getting my master's degree in psychology at Rhode Island College. Shout out to Rhode Island College. Um, <laughs> and I, I did my master's thesis on the connection between sexual satisfaction and well-being for women. Um, and I was fortunate enough to convince my advisor to do it in a very large room. Um, it was amazing. Um, but grandpa, my dad, because oh, your, your thesis do in a large room. Yes. My like thesis. the defense? The whole defense. Got it. Okay. So I had 80 people watching my thesis defense on sexual satisfaction and well-being for women. Part of that research involved a, a large survey of several hundred women and also interviewing um, women one-on-one about their sexuality. Um, and because my dad, your grandpa, really values learning, right? And he really values higher education, high school teacher. He came to my thesis. He drove up from New York to come to see my thesis defense. Um, so and for, I, sorry, you and I are academic nerds. So for anyone who doesn't know what a thesis defense <laughs> is, it's, it's the research that you do that sort of culminates your degree. And when you do a defense, you give a presentation on the research that you conducted. So in this case, the study and the interviews, and then the results of that study and where you found significance. And then it's about an hour and a half, two hours of question and answer from your committee board. And at the end of it, they determine whether you've passed or failed. And it's sort of how your entire program wraps up. Exactly. It is definitely the culmination of a couple of years of really hard work. Um, Because I was fortunate enough to have a really large room, I actually had many students and many professors attending, which I had so many questions. And it was so amazing to hear the response of the curiosity about how sexual satisfaction and well-being are connected. But getting back to the cross-generational part, your grandpa, who was almost 80 at the time, Listen to what, in some ways, for him was a rather radical, and I, I know we're saying we're, we're breaking the myth of sex positivity as being radical today, but for him it was, because part of what I talked about was the subjective sexual satisfaction, the individual feeling of satisfaction that was not dependent on being in a relationship. 
And that was the piece that grandpa struggled with. How can you talk about sexuality outside of a relationship? Don't you have to love someone? Don't you have to be committed to someone? And what was really striking about the whole thesis defense and the attendance by my dad was he asked questions because he really wanted to know the answers. And he heard me. So what did you say to him when he asked? Because I think that's very much a generational thing is, very much. is you know, how do you explain that you can be sex positive with or with it without having a committed partner? Well, what I explained to, to dad, your grandpa, was that so many people think that sexual satisfaction and relational satisfaction are the same, especially for women. But whether or not you're sexually satisfied in your own body, in your own skin, in who you are, is really, really dependent on your sexual self-esteem and the confidence and the trust you have in who you are. Because unless you have that, you are not going to be satisfied in a relationship because you're going to be dependent upon the person that you're with to be the one satisfying you. So sex positivity gets back again to you figuring out who you are as a sexual being. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the episode a couple of weeks ago on, on coming out into Everyone, every sexual orientation, however you are, whether you're asexual, demisexual, pansexual, we should all go through this period of figuring out who we are sexually so we can let go of shame and be positive. However we land on the spectrum of vanilla to sprinkled to multicolored, the end of the day, you want to be positive about that sexuality. And how did Grandpa respond to that? Well... You know, Grandpa, he listened. He's very thoughtful. He was very thoughtful. And you don't have to have an opinion on it right away. We're not doing this episode because we're like, and now you must agree with us. We're doing this episode because having these conversations and being candid about the questions that are around these conversations is really important. And also, I think it's great to acknowledge that Grandpa had a very reasonable age gap and still (laughs) asked the questions. And I remember for me, just a brief aside, but I remember that when we went out to dinner after you did pass, hooray, um, one of the other questions that grandpa asked about was going beyond two genders and understanding like gender beyond the binary. And I remember for myself that that was such an amazing moment of, you know, he could have just shown up to your defense and said, good job. Thanks. Good, good work. Let's go out to dinner and never speak of it again. But grandpa continued to ask questions. And that's, what we want to continue to encourage people across generations to do too. Like I know our first couple episodes were very much targeted towards a younger audience and like parents, the coming out episodes were maybe a little bit older, but we want to remind people that the purpose of this podcast is to encourage questions and encourage feedback and encourage you to step outside your comfort zone a little bit and say, tell me more about that. I want to learn more about that. So thank you, grandpa for, um, yeah, for being such an open-minded guy. I really appreciate that. I did want to say though, that I'm sure that, one of the most common responses to this, this idea of sex positivity, this idea of you don't have to have a committed partner. I'm sure some of the feedback about that is, so are you saying that you should have casual sex? Is that what sex positivity is? Is it saying you don't have to be in a committed relationship? You can have sex with multiple partners. You're allowed to be fluid. So does that mean sex positivity equals casual sex? Um, it could if that's if that's if it's consensual and if that's something that you enjoy. But what it's really saying is sex positivity is encouraging a healthy sexuality, however you define it. It starts with an understanding of yourself, of your body, of communication with a partner, if you're going to be with a partner. And it's affirmative 
over a lifespan. And it's a learning experience over over a lifespan too, that we're not set in who we are. Um, as grandpa is great evidence of at 80, he's still learning. Um, and myself in my 50s, I'm still learning as well. And so if casual sex is is what you um what you like and you can be safe and we will have an episode on of of safe sex and and we'll also have an episode on on consent given those two things the piece of the new york times article is that it doesn't require casual sex it doesn't require you to like hookup sex sex positivity is being sexually confident in your own skin gotta tell you it doesn't sound uh terribly radical it is not it's not <laughs> it's not at all and you know also it includes you know polyamory open relationships people who decide to be asexual who who are aromantic well, who are asexual well they are asexual but they're allowed to be now right you know, there was a time where now My point being that you don't necessarily decide to be any kind of sexuality but maybe you do maybe you decide to identify that way maybe you've always felt that way in your skin but your but your license now to be sex positive positive allows you to say that out loud and that's that's something that the younger generation is learning how to do and learning how to identify how they are i think but that's older actually people a don't. really good distinction yeah. that you are a, a way you might identify a certain way to yourself but part of sex positivity is feeling confident in outwardly identifying that way i think that's really actually a great distinction so it's a lifetime it's a lifelong journey with as as with all good education <laughs> being sex positive requires reassessment right it does and i think when we were talking about this the other day it's much like it's much like you try to develop a good healthy lifestyle in everything else trying to have a better diet trying to get more exercise well trying to be positive in your sexuality is much like any other self care it takes effort and it takes intentionality but it also results in wonderfully fabulous benefits for yourself, healthy, mentally, emotionally. And it's well worth the effort to try to keep working towards a sex positive frame of mind. And this is still the focus of your research, right? You're still continuing to do research all the time to look at these connections between sex and well-being and sex positivity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it in my dissertation um, and I'm finding very, very consistent um, prior research that talks about this sexual satisfaction and its connection to well-being. And and I think we'll go into that in more detail in another episode because it has so many different layers, um, especially with respect to relationship status and age and sexual orientation. But for today's episode, I can affirmatively state that the research is completely consistent across ages and across orientations that being sex positive and having a healthy sexual satisfaction is going to improve your well-being overall. Cool. And we'll post some um, resources in the episode description too, so that you can take a look at some of those studies as well. Um, but so today's myth was that sex positivity is radical. And I think to that we say it's not radical to want satisfaction. Nope. It's not radical to want pleasure. Nope. It's not radical to want confidence. Nope. It's not radical to want emotional connection. Not at all. Not radical to want physical closeness. Mm -hmm. Not radical to want body autonomy. There's actually nothing radical about it. So that's another myth. Put, Put to, to bed. bed. <laughs>
All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sex Ed Debunked. Uh, if you have any questions about today's episode or you want some additional resources, feel free to shoot us a message at Sex Ed Debunked across the socials or shoot us an email at sexeddebunked at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Have a positive day. Hey. hey, hey. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of Sex Ed Debunked. During the course of our podcast, we have limited time together, which means that unfortunately, many identities, groups, and movements may not be represented each week. The field of sexuality and gender orientations, identities, and behaviors are changing and growing rapidly, and we remain committed to being as inclusive as possible. Please remember that all of us, including us, are learning in this area and may occasionally slip up. We ask that we all continue to be kind to one another so that we can create a truly inclusive and accepting environment. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Sex Ed Debunked is produced by Trailblaze Media along with myself, Shannon Curley, and Christine Curley. From Trailblaze Media, our engineering is handled by Ezra Winters. Mm-hmm.